Welcome to Finding Holiness, where we delve into timeless Torah wisdom, revealing the sacred in everyday moments. Join us on a journey to elevate your spirituality and discover holiness in every aspect of life. I'm your host, Rabbi David Kadosh, and together, let's embark on a path of spiritual exploration. I hope you enjoy this next episode. Um, we're continuing with our Mishnayot. In Masechet Ketubot, Perek Aleph, Mishnah Vav. Tonight is the Shloshim of uh, our dear friend Leon's uh, mother. Simi Bat? Luna. Simi Bat Luna. Ruach Adonai Tinichena Begin Aeden. Yom Pekidat Hocha. So the Mishnah says, Hanoset Aisha Velo Matzala Betulim. Someone married a woman expecting that she was a virgin. But when he cohabited with her, he didn't see any signs of virginity. He omitted, she says, I was violated by another man when you uh, betrothed me. Okay, so between the first stage of marriage and the, la- and the second stage of marriage, so after Irusin, and the, the term is nistahafasadecha means your field was flooded, meaning that you're tough luck. Okay? I didn't do it purposely. Someone violated me. That's why I don't have my virginity. And therefore, since it's your bad luck, you still owe me the full ketubah. You still owe me the 200 money for a virgin lady. Vahala Omer, but he says, no, lo, kiela ad shelo erastich. Maybe you lost your virginity before I uh, uh, betrothed you for Erusin. And this was called Mikahtaut. It is a mistaken purpose, uh, purchase, this whole thing. This is not what I expected. And therefore, uh, you are not entitled to any ketubah, in fact, because you lied to me. So this is the argument between the two. Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer Omrim Neemenet. Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer says she is believed and she can collect her ketubah because of the rule of chazaka. Chazaka means that until we know that something has changed, then she remains in the status that she was. Every woman is born a virgin. Chazaka tells us that she remained a virgin until it's proven otherwise. Okay, and therefore she gets her ketubah. Rabbi Yoshua Omer, Rabbi Yoshua argues. Rabbi Yoshua says, We don't live by her word. In other words, we don't believe what she says. She's presumed to have been a non-virgin from before she was engaged. We assume she deceived him. She deceived him by letting him think that she was a virgin. And she has to bring re'aya to her words. She's the one that needs to prove that indeed. If she was violated, then she brings uh, proof that she was violated, and then she can collect. Otherwise, we don't believe her, and we believe the other ones. Mishnah Zayn. He omeret mukat etzani. Okay, so similar situation. One married a woman, thought she was a virgin, lived with her, saw there was no virginity. Okay. And now, she, now she's saying, Mukat etzani. You're right, but I was struck by a piece of wood. Right, right? Like, again, that was a term that maybe she got injured or she, uh, she fell off a donkey, she fell off something. And that's the reason why she lost her virginity. 
Okay, so she agrees that she lacked the virginity at the time of the final marriage of the Nisuin, but claims that the loss came from an accident before the Rusin, not from cohabitation. Omer, he says, It's not so. You were oppressed by a man. In other words, it's possible you lost your, your virginity uh, because you cohabited with a man before Erusin. You're not entitled to Ketubah. Here, similar machloket. Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer Omrim Neemeret. Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer says she's believed and she could collect her ketubah of one mane. Rabbi Yoshua Omer lo mi pianu chayin. Rabbi Yoshua says we do not live by her word. She's presumed to have been um, engaged with a man, pressed by a man, meaning before she was engaged. She received no ketubah. Unless she brings proof that indeed she was injured by a piece of wood. Okay, so the next two Mishnayot are also going to cite uh, the uh, disputes by these two sides, Rabbi Yosua versus Rabbi Eliezer and Rabban Gamliel. Um, the Mishnahs have nothing to do with a wife's ketubah payment, but they concern whether or not a woman is fit to marry a Kohen. What does it mean? Uh, the Torah prohibits Kohanim from marrying certain types of women. One of them is a divorcee. So it is possible for a woman to become forbidden to a Kohen through a single act of uh, cohabitation. For example, if the, um, if the cohabitation was with a mamzer or a close relative or with a halal, all these people would, would render this woman forbidden to the Kohen. So to protect the Kohen from marrying someone who is forbidden to him, the, the, the Chachamim imposed very strict rules on this. They decreed that if a woman was seen in a secluded place, in Yichud, with a man, with a stranger, whose halachic status is unknown, a Kohen may not marry this woman because maybe there was a chance that this man was disqualified. One of these, uh, uh, one of the uh, men that if, if he was to cohabit with her, it would make her unfit to marry Kohen. And that's what we're worried about. So this is what the next two Mishnayot are talking about. A woman was seen in seclusion with someone from the street. A stranger, someone we don't know. Amrula, they asked her, what's the status of this man? Meaning, was he a disqualified person? A man that if you were to live with, uh, would make you unfit to marry Kohen or not? A disqualified person. So she says, He is so-and-so who is a Kohen. Here the word Kohen who is not to be taken literally that, that the guy was a Kohen, but rather he was kasher. The lady says, he was kasher, you have nothing worried about. Rabban Gamliel and Rabbi Eliezer says she is believed and now she is still, still fit to marry a Kohen. Rabbi Yoshua says we do not live by her word, we do not trust her. She is presumed to have cohabited with a Mamzer or a Natin. Hanatim, we learned already last year, is a descendant from the Giva'onim, which is a group of Kenanim that tricked the Yahushua into thinking that they accepted, uh, that they were, they were converts, but David um, HaMelech uh, banned, banned them from marrying Jewish people. So this is what we assume. We assume that this guy is a Mamzer or Natin, that if she cohabited with, she cannot marry a Kohen, until until she proves that the man was not disqualified. Mishnah Tet, similar situation. A woman was pregnant from an unknown man. And they said, 
what is the status of this fetus? Meaning, who's the father? Was he, uh, is, the, is the father a disqualified person? Okay, that, again, that would make you uh, prohibited from marrying a Kohen or not? So she answers, Me'ish peloni ve'kohenhu. She said, it was fathered by so-and-so person, and he was a Kohen, meaning he is a kosher person. Rabban Gamliel ve'Rabbi Eliezer Omrim ne'menet. Rabban Gamliel Rabbi Eliezer says, she's believed the woman and the child are fit to, to, to even for a Kohen to marry. Rabbi Yoshua Amen, lo mipi'ainuchayin. Rabbi Yoshua said, we don't live by her word. Ela harezu becheskat me'oberet le'natin u'mamzed. We assume that she was pregnant by a mamzer or a natin. Ad she'tavira ya lidvarea. Okay, so there is there is another issue at uh, at stake. According to the Mishnah, it seems that that's what that's what's being implied over here. Um, but but lemaaseh is not pasul because Shulchan Aruch in um, in Eben Aezer is very strict when it comes to the Kohanim marrying uh, marrying uh, ladies in terms of they have to be of a, a, a kasher status. Um, in fact, I know I know there are rabbis in the city that um, that warn their congregants who are koanim. They pull them aside and they say, "Listen, you have a special status, and uh, you got to make sure that the person you have is you know try to be you know uh, you know in the best way possible." Because Shulchan Aruch talks about it. Is it enough to not allow the marriage? I don't think so. But uh, but we too we try to get you know make sure that the koanim are uh, are with for sure betulot. Women that are uh, that are classified officially as virgins. Again, everybody nowadays officially classifies a virgin, assuming they weren't married before. Okay, if they were married before, then again, the coin is not allowed to marry them, anyways. Okay, so um, so therefore, this is kind of the precaution that we do. But it is pretty plain to see from what you just read. Yeah. That they allow it. That what? That they allow uh, a man. A woman that's impregnated by a, a strange man, yeah. I think Me'ikar Adin, I think from the Lashon of the Mishnah, that would be fine. Um, yeah, that she, you know, she, she's pregnant, she had a child, and therefore she can, she can say the thing. Um, but I. Yes, yes. That's. Uh, No, it's not. It's not kiddushin. It's not kiddushin because there was no witnesses that 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 saw it. In order for it to be to count as kiddushin, like we learned in the last mishnah, you need to have edim there, and they were going in for the purpose of kiddushin. Uh, just because someone has a child out of wedlock, that doesn't mean that the, that they're officially married. The child is still Jewish. The child, the child is an Israel. The child is or Israelite, and 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 it's not a mamzer. Um, but um, it's not necessarily out of kiddushin. Um, maybe the next Mishnah, maybe the next Mishnah kind of puts it all together. Amar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi says, There was a story once where a young girl went to draw water from a spring and was violated. She was violated by a stranger. And she claimed that he was not a, uh, a disqualified person. He was kosher. Amar Biochanan ben Nuri. Biochanan ben Nuri says, 
אם רוב אנשי העיר מסיעים לכהונה, הרי זאת תנעשה לכהונה. If most of the men in the town can marry off their daughters to Kohanim, that is, most of the local men are not disqualified, this girl may be married to a Kohen. But if, if half or more of the men are disqualified, then a Kohen uh, should not marry her. Um, and, and, and again, this is just the beginning of a long set of halachot where it's not necessary, not necessarily means that a, a Kohen can just go and marry a woman who, who cohabited because Like, do we know that for sure that this, this, the, the men's are, the men are, um, non-disqualified, are kosher. So, these are the things that we, we try to avoid. Sometimes we can't, and in certain situations, I guess you gotta go to your rabbi to figure out what's the best move. Okay. Mishnah bet. Perik bet, sorry. Perik bet, Mishnah aleph. Haisha. Okay, let's just recap. If a husband divorces his wife, Or the husband dies before her. We said that she pays a certain amount of money. Um, if she was a virgin when she got married, the ketubah is 200 zoos. And if she uh, was a non-virgin, the ketubah is 100 zoos. That's what we learned in the second Mishnah of the first chapter. Um, now we're talking about a situation where the, uh, the widow or divorcee claims 200 zoos that she was a virgin, but lost the ketubah. Uh, and uh, that's where it was recorded. That she got 200. This is the law where a woman was widowed or divorced. She says in the case of a divorce, I was a virgin when you married me. He says, not true. You were a widow when I married you. So her word against uh, his word. If there are witnesses to say that on the day of the wedding of the Nisuin, she went out of her father's house to the groom's house with a veil over her eyes and her hair untied, then the ketubah is 200. Uh, the, the, old, the, the old custom back in the days was that a, um, a uh, first-time married woman would have her hair untied And the hair would flow down, flow down her back. That was a siman that she was like a first time, um, and that was a sign that she was a virgin. So therefore, if there were anyone at the wedding that witnessed that, and that she was veiled, and she witnessed that, then we bring those edim, and indeed they do a ketubah of uh, of two hundred. Rabbi Yochanan ben Beroka Omer, Rabbi Yochanan ben Beroka says, Av chilu kelayot reaya, even. Um, Giving roasted grain to children, uh, again, roasted grain, kelayot, uh, we see in many places in the Talmud, was like candy. That was the candy back then. They used to give, they used to toast oats and they used to give it to kids as, as, uh, as like uh, treats. So uh, when they gave roasted grain to children at weddings, that was a, a siman that she was a virgin. That was only done when a virgin got married. And therefore, if there are any witnesses that saw that when, uh, when it took place, then, um, Then, then as well, she can she can claim that the Mishnah that, that the Ketubah is uh, is 200. Um, okay, the next couple Mishnah you'll talk about a, a different subject. So I think we're going to stop here, and uh, we will continue tomorrow. Bezat Hashem.